What's up, guys? Our wrestling podcast back at you with another episode. This is Dave Bishop, along with Jeff the Total Package, Craig the British Bulldog, and Cousin Obviously, bringing you our perspective on the world of wrestling. No inside sources, no ties to the industry, destroys from the diehards, sharing opinions with you. Can someone see me this topic? Dave, I designed this topic. Oh, it's no. Called it's called moments that clicked. So you can what? you can always go back and see like when a particular wrestler like got over because he had a, he changed his character or her character or whatever. But these are like moments that were booked, but at the same time, like the particular moment that happened that that they clicked with the audience was not foreseen. Like so, obviously, all the things we're going to talk about here was stuff that was booked and they were told to do this. But at yeah. the same time, there was just certain things that happened in it where it's like, oh, my God, like the audience clicked to it or it's a mannerism or something, a look that the wrestler gave or something. So uh, moments that clicked. And as we get into it, I think people can understand it a little bit more. All right. Yeah. Craig? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. All right. For audio fans, give us a, oh my God, a listen on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, or watch our videos on YouTube and our wrestling channel on social media. Give us a follow on Instagram at, or Twitter at OWP2019 or at Facebook at Our Wrestling Podcast. Craig. Yeah. Hello, me, man. Sorry, man. No, so I have to give late. Dave props because uh, this is the second episode. When this episode airs, you won't know. Uh, but we recorded an episode before this, and we talked a lot in between, and we got drunk. And so <laughs> Dave is very sauced right now, but he powered on uh-huh. through that intro. It, so that's how it's, that's it's how ingrained rough. that is in Dave's brain. Uh, it's right? all muscle memory. It's, so it's cool to see. So Craig and I started laughing because before we We may have to re-record yeah. this is what I would say. I, no. I say now. I'll, take, I'll take it over if you want. It's, it's Just so, you can, okay. so I can preserve you. Preserve me in For a shrimp, shrimp po' boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll go. Ever, anybody listening, okay. go watch it. Go watch Hell Baby. And you'll be uh, fine. Yeah, uh, I, I am totally going to look up stuff later after this podcast is over. Um, so moments that clicked, Jess, what, what are we talking about real? We are going to talk about, it's the, basically the defining moment that got a character over or a particular wrestler over where you're like, you saw the fans just respond and you're like, oh, okay, like that's, that's the moment that they got over. Yeah. Got over. All right. Okay. Let's step into moment number one, Ken Shamrock versus the British Bulldog at SummerSlam of 1997 in <sighs> a dog food match um the match stipulation was absolutely horrible it was after the bell that shamrock was uh got over with uh the wrestling audience here even though the match was over he continued to attack on bulldog several referees came in to try to break it up shamrock quote-unquote snapped and started to belly to belly suplex anyone in sight the reaction he received after the carnage was what clicked and carried him after that. So moment. Shamrock was like a UFC fighter and everything. And he was like, you know, he came down and he like kind of double slapped his face when he climbed up the, you know, the ring or whatever. But like he never really got his character over. They just portrayed him as like, you know, this UFC guy. In this particular match, as shitty as the stipulation was, and it, I believe it was for the European Championship as well. Um, 
he gets in the ring and the loser had to eat dog food, the wet dog food, the wet kind. And uh, the match stipulation was horrible. But Shamrock, I think before the match ended, Bulldog got the dog food and they were fighting on the outside and he yeah. put it in Shamrock's mouth. And Shamrock lost his shit. You know, kayfabe lost his shit. Or in the squirt circle, it didn't matter. It's just another case that the Bulldog is not afraid of any man walking the face of the earth. And so he gets in there and he starts choking Bulldog out, but he wouldn't let it go, wouldn't let it go. So the referee disqualified him. So he actually lost the match, but Bulldog already shoveled uh, dog food in his mouth. But then came when all the referees came in there and tried to break him up because he would not let the hold go. He started belly-belly suplexing everybody. And Shamrock's a face here. And, like, he looked back at the crowd. And there's a particular time where he's all, get out of my way! Like, he just screamed yeah. it like that. But the entire place went absolutely nuts. And at that, that moment, I remember watching that pay-per-view live in 1997 going, oh, my God, like, he got him. Meaning, like, he got over with him. Like, so, like, people cheered Shamrock before that. And the company was pushing him. It was like, the UFC guy is real fighting and all that stuff. But in in every wrestling but scenario, you have, you have to get over. You have to have a moment that clicks with the crowd. And it just worked. And I remember that particular moment going, oh, my God, like, that's how you get a guy over. There's a realism in it. Yeah. Why, why the British Bulldog? I think it, for whatever odd reason. It was more the because on the Raw before he put dog food on him and he almost snapped then and it was a gross little yeah. thing, but it was this like if you go back and watch it, it's controlled, but like. Um, are, you, are you saying the Bulldog is being a total piece of garbage here? He was a heel. Well, yeah, he was no, a heel. Yeah. yeah he's, he's part of the Heart Foundation. When, when Shamrock flips, he flips to where Bulldog's selling it, and he probably was clubbing him super, super stiff, and he takes the metal can where the dog food came from and pops him right in his skull with it and then throws it, like, right at his back. Um, and then... In the, well, while he's while he's got the chokehold on him, you could hear Davy Boy say, "I can't breathe," <laughs> which I didn't know whether it was kayfabe or not because he was going purple. But I was so funny because he said it kind of quietly. I think with the camera, and Davy just goes, "I can't breathe." That's so funny. But it, it it really did like the ovation that he got. I, I was not familiar with kind of this this moment exactly as a Shamrock defining the, moment. Yeah, there's but a it, lot of moments it was awesome. that you go back and. Yeah, the company will push a wrestler a certain way, and you get that they're trying to put stock in them and effort into them. But, like, really, it all comes down to a moment where it clicks with the audience. The uh, second click uh, particular moment is the New Age Outlaws dump Foley and Funk off a stage into a dumpster on Raw of February 1998. Uh-oh. Hold on. My stuff is going crazy. Uh, WWE is famous for throwing two single wrestlers together and forming a tag team when they don't have any specific ideas for that tag team division. I think we've heard the Pritchard statements. Hey, um, I got nothing for you. Let's put you in a tag team with yeah. blah, blah, blah. Um, quite common, right? <clears throat> they put Billy and Road Dog together in the late 1997 for that reason. 
They were sort of inserted in the tag team picture with no general direction. On an episode of Raw, they began to feud with Cactus Jack and Terry Funk to set up WrestleMania 14. Pushing the dumpster off the stage was certainly a spectacle there, but it is what happened after that is what clicked. Shut! Why do, I, tell, I don't like the looks of this at all. They were still the, the road dog and Billy. Billy Gunn, wait a minute! In the back, Billy and Road Dog were feeling guilty about what they'd done. Shawn Michaels and Triple H came on screen and told them not to feel remorse for getting uh, themselves over. After offering them a spot with their newly formed DX group, they were off to the races. I And I'll never forget that. And the thing that clicked to me was it was a combination. The New Age Outlaws were... I'm sure they were told like to do certain things. Obviously, the dumpster being pushed off was a spectacle in itself. It's one of the greatest raw moments ever. Yeah. But it's the way that Michaels and Triple H played two Road Dogs and Billy Gunn that made it work because they were actually like, "Oh man, like we pushed them off." And even when they were carrying them out in the ambulance, they were like, "I don't know if we should have done that. I don't know if we should have done that before." And Triple H and Shawn Michaels came in. And just said, why are you feeling remorse? Why do you care? They don't care about you. Like, do what you have to do to get on the top. You did what you had to do. That's what we're about. And you should join us. And it was like a perfect, like, oh, my God. Yeah. From that moment on, they became Billy and Road Dog to the New Age Outlaws. And then, oh, you didn't know? And everything started. It all fell in line after that because of that interview, because it made sense. It wasn't like it was obvious that the writers were trying to turn him heel. It wasn't that. It was like you didn't you knew that by pushing them off the stage on the dumpster they were the heels and that they were they were trying to do and that was a great moment don't get me wrong it's something a lot of us never saw before at that point any of us um but it's the way that they wrote it so they didn't rely on the booking that the company was doing to get them over they still played coy they still played like we shouldn't have done that and then the other guys were like no fucking who cares like who cares what they think? Like, and so I give credit to Triple H and Shawn Michaels too because the dynamic that they decided, yeah. the four of them, to play made perfect sense. And then they woke up and New Age Outlaws were like, yeah, you know what? You're right. You're right. And then they started believing in themselves and they started wearing the Cartman shirts, which was hugely popular at the time. And then they started to, oh, you didn't know. And then Road Dog would talk him down to the ring and like the whole crowd would chant it with them. And it all started from that seed that was planted, that that just the way they played it with each other, that quote-unquote clicked, it was the whole, like, just them playing stupid, like, we shouldn't have done that. What are you fucking talking about? Yes, you should have. They would have done it to you, and it was like, oh, and it just, it happened. I remember, again, as a fan watching, going, they just got over, didn't they? Like, they got over playing the, we shouldn't have done that characters, and then it just worked out. It was perfectly set up, and it's like, man, but I give the talent the credit. It was the booking set up the, you're going to do the dastardly thing by pushing the thing off the stage, but then the talent yeah. said, no, we're going to do it like this. we got to play roles here. Because if they would have done it, they would have went, yeah, that's what you get. We pushed you off. Yeah. If they would have done that, it wouldn't have been as impactful as if they were like, we, we went way too far. This is more than pro wrestling. Like, we went and way too far. And Michaels goes like, no, you didn't. And Michaels, no, you didn't. Like, they don't care <laughs> yeah. about you. And then, like, and which fit him and Triple H, which are starting this renegade group called DX. 
and it just worked out perfect. It was a great. It's a great That's, moment. And again, it's something that you. I remember vividly in my head when it clicked. I was like, "This is something. These guys are going to be something." And then all of a sudden, you didn't know, and like it just—it's amazing. It's when wrestling's done right, folks. <laughs> yeah. Um, not. Craig, go ahead. Sorry, you were going to. Were you going to comment? Craig, on I know you got this, buddy. No, I, I think I think Jess said it all with that. I think it, it's yeah. it's it's those moments of magic. If that if something were that stunt or that um, dumpster looked cheesy, even though I think you could see some of the pads in it, but it didn't matter. You knew it was Foley and it was Funk taking the bump. And then if if they didn't show that remorse and if they didn't have the magic of like Triple H and Shawn Michaels giving them the rub a little bit there, because they they were they were the super heels at that point kind of i think that emotion of showing remorse instead of faking these super monster heels they had to be pushed there to the dark side like by like the emperor shaman yeah. triple h it was it was magic all those elements coming together to be said in, in famous movie scenes and stuff too where it's like you should join us next one dvp gives a diamond cutter to scott hall and thereby rejects a spot on the NWO on Nitro of January of 19. This is such a goddamn big moment. I love this. This is, this is one of my favorite it, moments. It really is a moment. Um, the NWO was the main reason why casuals began to tune into WCW each week since the summer of 1996. We've talked about this quite a bit. If you if you really want wrestling to get over, have the ratings that are that 5.0, you have to have casuals involved. This is kind of where it starts, right? If creative to struggle with to, uh, to get a wrestler over, they'd be like, ah, we'll just put them in the NWO. Happened all the time. And we, we've talked about this quite a bit. Oh, oh, they're having trouble. Just put them there. And I'm like, oh, you're killing me. Every, to this point, everybody is in the NWO. However, uh, DDP had been quietly perfecting his craft and had a hot new finisher called the Diamond Cutter. Hall and Nash began to recruit talent to join the NWO. When they approached JDP, he seemed uninterested until Hall and Nash cost him the U.S. title just to show him how much power the NWO had. After acting, uh, he being DDP had accepted a position with the Renegade faction. DDP gave a diamond cutter to Hall and fled the ring. He climbed into the crowd and tore his NWO shirt off. And the CF fans, at that moment, he had clicked with the fans. I'll this never forget that iconic moment. moment when he was in the crowd and he tore the NWO shirt off and the place erupted. Beautiful. Look at that. Yes! Oh, yes! That looks great! Yes! It's official. Hey! Oh! No! No, no, I can't believe what I'm seeing. You just made a big mistake, Dallas. And it's like, man, you talk about making somebody. And again... It was like Shawn Michaels and Triple H, but in a different way. Yeah. Like he, everybody else, again, the bookers were just booking people to be part of the NWO, and then they thought that would get them over. Instead, you yeah. saw them as cowards. Like, oh, you guys are cowards just joining this fucking faction because you suck anywhere else. You know, if you're, no offense, if you're mm -hmm. Mike Rotundo, and I love Mike Rotundo, but he was a mid-carter. If you're Big Bubba Rogers, if you're fucking Virgil, if you're Stevie Ray, you just go with the easiest thing to do. Just join the NWO. But, like, you had one guy, even Sting did it silently, but DDP was the first guy to be like, you know what? No, I don't want to join you. And that was, like, the crowd actually could get behind him. You always need 
somebody that's going against the opposite. If everybody's joining the NWO, what's so special about the NWO? There's no, there's no conflict. But when you have one guy that finally goes, no, I don't need you. Like, and, oh my God. And then he just happened to be perfecting this move called the Diamond Cutter. It all was like this perfect thing. That handshake, I will never forget it. I because would, like, they get I in the would, ring, they throw him the t-shirt. It was a great storyline. They cost him the title the week before. And they're like, see what happens? If you don't join us, see what we could do. But if you join us, like, imagine. Nah. Yeah. And so he goes, you know what? I'll join. They threw him a shirt. He put the shirt on. He put put his hand out. He shook Hall's hand. When Hall went to break away, he pulled him back in and hit him with the diamond cutter. And the place went nuts. And then totally Nash deserved. charged him. He dumped yeah. Nash out. And then he gets in the crowd and just rips the shirt off. And the place popped so big. Yeah. From that moment, DDP was a goddamn star. And, like, it just, they made him I in mean, a second. But like, here's the thing. Without the NWO... DDP might have not gotten to the marquee that he is today. I agree. There would be nobody for him to say fuck you to. And, like, I agree with that 100%. I, yeah, that's a good yeah. point. Yeah. Again, it was this uh, this perfect kind of um, mix of, I think they were at the, uh, the, was it the Superdome? Where were it they? It was one of the domes. Yeah, it was a dome nitro. Yeah. It was a dome nitro. Um, the crowd was, was, was crazy. And then for the folks at home, you had Bischoff and DiBiase kind of commenting like it was a sure thing the whole time. And it just kind of worked oh, with them being yes, yes. shitty commentators. Um, that it was like foregone conclusion, but it was, uh, yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Oh, and then when Nash gets dumped over the rope, he takes a table with him, and I think he impales a kid and kills a kid with, yeah. with, a, with I, the table I legs. I believe that they got sued as well. Oh, oh rightly so. Yeah, because he like throws the equipment table. It's like the table leg goes through the guardrail and hits yeah. like yeah. hits a family in front row. Oh my god. Which I mean, the NWO are heels, so I mean, it made sense. But I don't know if they're plants. Whoa! I'm just kidding. Made sense to the lawsuit, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Holy shit! And the, I, I, the, I really, the last one here, the last one here is a it. softball. Obviously, this is a oh, softball. It, it really is. Steve Austin cuts the Austin 316 promo at King of the Ring 1996. We talked about Triple H. Uh, being booked to win King of the Ring, but we all know about the curtain call. Vince was just out of ideas, not only for that, but for Austin. After a failed ringmaster gimmick, <laughs> and oil and water pairing with Ted DiBiase, Austin was told, do what you want. I'm all out of ideas. Starting with this promo, Austin finally clicked with the audience. Everybody talks about this, and I know it's easy just to talk about it and say it happened, but like, it's low hanging. Forget food. everything leading up to it, but how Austin wasn't even supposed to win it that year. And if Triple H didn't do the curtain call, how would history have gone? But like it, the, it really, it, this is the epitome of this topic that when it, something clicks. Again, I was watching with Joe. I might have been in the room with other people. I'm sure I was. But Joe and I were Austin fans from when he had long blonde hair and he was stunning. Um, which if you have long blonde hair, you are stunning. And so, so like we... We're a little disappointed with the ringmaster stuff, but we loved Austin. We just wanted him to do well because we really were a fan of him way back to his television <laughs> championship days. And when he said that, you never said ass on TV, by the way. Even pay-per-view, you never said it. And so when he just said, but then when it was, it was, it wasn't just I whipped your ass. Yeah. It was this clever play off a of Bible verse that did it. Mm -hmm. And then he put his name, Austin 316, into this verse. You know, talk about your Psalms, talk about John's 316. Austin 316 says I whipped your ass. Yeah. And like, it was. The thing I want to be done is to get that piece of crap out of my ring. 
Don't just get him in, get him out of the WWF. Because I've proved, son, without a shadow of a doubt, you ain't got what it takes anymore. You sit there and you thump your Bible and you say your prayers and it didn't get you anywhere. Talk about your song about John 3.16. Austin 3.16 says I just whipped your ass. It was like a vacuum for a half a second, and then, oh, the crowd exploded, <laughs> and Joe and I are like, oh, my God, that was perfect. And then, of course, in the end, he worked out the whole because Stone Cold said so thing. And in his mind, Damn. it's funny when Austin talks about it. He's like, ah, I just had to get my because Stone Cold said so thing in there. I thought that was going to be the big thing. And then the next night on Raw, people are clearing yeah. Austin 316 signs, and yeah. that's when Vince is like, holy shit, we got something. What a shirt that's going to be. And it became the number one selling shirt of all time. Like besides the NWO shirt at that point. And they, Austin ended up surpassing it. But like it's just amazing. Oh, is that, that true? Uh, Austin, yeah, yeah. Austin 316 is surpassed. Well, they're basic. NWO. If you look at Craig's shirt on Nash and look at Austin, it's black with white writing. It's simple. Before we had these screen prints of wrestlers' faces like, like on their t-shirts, you know, like Sting, and Sting's on there. <laughs> Like, you had all these dumb t-shirts with someone's big fucking face on your... Nobody wants to wear that shit. But then people, casual people in malls across the world, in school, were wearing NWO t-shirts in Austin 316 because it was just a simple message. It was a simple black and white message. So, uh, yeah, obviously the, the, the advertising of these guys and the marketing became an important part. But the click for Austin was when he said, Austin 316 said, I'll wipe your ass. The reaction of the crowd was instant instant lightning in a bottle. It was everything that we talked about before from the DDP to the New Age Outlaws. Yeah. New Age Outlaws didn't have a phrase that they said, and DDP did something. He didn't say something. He did an action that made it. But these are moments that they just clicked. Like, you heard it. And I know everyone talks about the Austin 316 promo to death, but they don't just look at it. They don't dissect it on the simplest level where he literally got over in the yeah. WWF. Like, he might have been over to a certain extent as stunning Steve Austin with the Dangerous Alliance and WCW, and he won the tag titles, and he won numerous U.S. titles and, and, and television championships. But he became over in a big way, like, with the Austin 316. I know we look it back is, and say, duh, like, you know, of course he got over. But, like, no, you don't understand the importance of it. Like, you don't understand the road yeah. to get there. The, the road, but just the clicking, it had to click. He could have done everything he did, but if he didn't have a catchy promo here, it would have just been another heel talking shit. But, like, because he just, he did that stinging line, Austin 316, then he said, you're cheap bottle of Thunderbird. Then yeah. he was directly attacking That's Jake right. Roberts. Oh my God. You know, you never call another wrestler old because you always had to put your opponent over. But he had no problem saying, like, you you have to, you know, cheap, drink a cheap bottle of Thunderbird to get back the courage that you had in your prime. And it was just such a cutting, like, if he didn't do any of that, if he, he, if he, he didn't do the that. Austin 316, yeah. Yeah. He had built been, the Thunderbird uh, promo just to get to the I just whooped your ass promo. It just it all made sense, and like if he didn't hit that catchy, stingy line point. of Austin, you, you forget the Thunderbird like, portion of that, where you're like, "Oh shit!" So you get the "Oh shit" moment, and then he said, "Austin 316 shows." I yeah, and then ass. you even forget the Stone Cold said so, which also became really big too. But yeah. he, it's so funny in his mind. He's like, "I got to get over my new tagline. It's gonna be Stone Cold said so. I got to do it. Yeah. I got to do it." I mean, little did he know that the Austin 316 line would ah uh, hit everybody a certain way, and they're like, "This guy's badass." And then he became this anti-hero he became this 
guy that was the new face, even though he was a he would stun anybody. Yeah. You know, it's just it's so amazing that this clicking yeah. moment is literally what put him over. Even though he did a lot of other great things, if that didn't happen, if that line didn't I, sting you right then, it may not have point, been the promo. The, the rain yeah. that was it, terrible. He, um, he said it was it, totally bad. All the pieces in that yeah, interview, it was like it was like the little cherry on on top of. It took a. This is the moment. Yeah. This is the yeah. moment. I, I I don't know how else made to him say it. Yeah. made him the second coming of Hogan and yeah. bigger in many ways. Bigger, bigger, definitely by pay per view buys and merch. It's not even a question. No. All, it, think of oh, all the years that he it was everything that ass, night and all the elements of the promo just was saying, and then that final that led to it took, yeah, a couple of dozen kids line. probably making that Austin like, three sixteen oh, signs. Well, crazy. Yes, I I that sounds terrible to say, but. Austin did a lot of work to get to that one line. No, he, that's what I'm saying. He did. Yeah. Like, he did. Like, I said, it's, it's amazing. Don't get me wrong. Like, you know, he. It finally yeah. exploded. Yeah. And that, yeah. that cherry needed to explode it. I think that hit a mainstream audience big because you heard him say ass and like, and then it was a quick line that you could quote. Oh, you know, the Bible, blah, blah, blah. And just, it, it's such an amazing, and I'm not depreciating the work that he did all up until exactly. that point. But I, I, mean, I know you're did, not, but I want to make that clear. Sorry. And by the way, for audio fans, give us a listen on audio. Oh my God. On Apple, doing Spotify, fine. SoundCloud, do iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Google Podcast, or... <laughs> Watch our videos on YouTube at our wrestling channel on social media. Give us a follow on Instagram or Twitter at OWP2019 or on Facebook at, at Our Wrestling Podcast. This is Dave, Justin, Craig with the OWP. Cuz is sleeping happily in his slumber. Good fuck him. Sorry. Oh my. Yeah. Have, a, have a good one. Wish to defeat and not the stream. Yeah.